0: Well, welcome back to the RHP Market Talk podcast, episode number 23, brought to you by Royal Harbor Partners Wealth Management, located along the beautiful Gulf Coast of Houston, Texas, serving families across the country. I'm Natalie Pica, founding partner.
1: And I'm Glenn Royal, founding partner. And I'm Jason Struzeski, investment analyst.
0: Glad to be back here, guys, again. Once I feel like <laughs> every time we're in this room uh, having these conversations, it's it's another big story to talk about. I mean, we have no, we're not missing enough information to talk about. That's for sure. There's always a lot going on. We're excited to, to say we're going to be putting out a quarterly newsletter. Glenn, thank you very much for pinning that. I know this one was a big one. Uh, and you kick it right off with, don't look now, partner, that ain't mud on your boots. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that?
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> you should be able to pick that up on your own, Natalie. <laughs> Our reader should, uh- That was a research report I saw in the 80s from a short seller that I just absolutely love the title of it. Mm. And I've always wanted to find a reason to use it. Unfortunately, I I think I found one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to ask, what are you referring to?
2: (laughs) Well, what we're talking about is the impact the Federal Reserve has had on our wealth, whether it be homes, stocks, bonds, crypto, our personal wealth is... Taking a hit because of the Federal Reserve's hiking cycle.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. the
2: mud on your boots.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. I know that they are really focused in and very data dependent right now. And it's all about inflation. It's the inflation story. And we're looking at another 75 basis point hike coming up. Feels a little bit like, I think you just mentioned, damn, the torpedoes, right? It's, it's yeah. no matter what we're hiking when there's a lot of other things going on out there. I, I call
2: it more navel gazing when you're so fixated on one thing you can't see the forest for the trees. Right. So that's yeah. kind of my mind what the Fed's more or less doing is they're so hyper vigilant and focused on inflation uh, that we're getting to a point of the Fed hiking cycle that you could see a policy mistake occur. You start to see unintended consequences as a result.
1: Sure. I mean we we saw a delay in these rate hikes. We, the economy was able to have this cycle started a lot earlier. And now as a consequence, the Fed, like you said, is so ultra focused on squashing inflation that they potentially will go too far too quickly. Yeah. Yeah, Let's
0: talk a little bit about like the velocity of the rate of change. I mean, you noted in your paper, that's going to be coming out this week. Um, it's an 1126% increase in yield for the two year note just in this year that's crazy
2: it is and, and that's a big determinant of the risk off we're seeing in the markets right. is when you get that swift of a move off of basically zero interest rates like 5000 year lows in history of markets it's a measure called convexity and that's what i'm most concerned about the fed one of the reasons i've probably taken a liking in the mud on your boots is that That rate of change off of zero interest rates at 75 bits a clip Mm -hmm. is so swift that it's it's causing unintended consequences. We saw it last week, uh, week four last actually, out of U.K., Mm -hmm. This is your first sign that things are happening here in the U.S. by our central banks that have a contagion effect around the world. What was that, uh, the U.K. incident?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a a whole mess if we wanted to get into it. But really, you saw the current parliament have to pivot a little bit on their tax plan where they were loosening up policy a little bit, and they had to go in and purchase their 30-year gilts. And to essentially save their pension funds from seizing up and that's opposite policy of what they're trying to do what anyone's trying to do right to attack inflation so yeah. it doesn't make sense but it's a con uh, it's a result of
2: it's a result of politicians getting involved in economics
1: exactly yeah <laughs> so that's a whole nother story but here you know we're still seeing liquidity we're definitely seeing things tightened up and conditions getting a lot tighter, which is positive. And we're seeing you know, areas where these hikes are working, 30-year average fixed mortgages above 7.2%. But in other areas, the core headline inflation, all these other metrics, it hasn't quite happened yet. So that's why it leads us to believe there could be an issue on the back end of that convexity with these hikes.
2: Yeah, right. I And, you know, politically, I'm going to take a little little spin on that. Part of what the U.K. was doing was supply-side tax cuts. They came in to cut taxes. Uh, there were increased fiscal spending, a little supply-side as well. Mm-hmm. At a time when you're looking at 40-year highs in inflation and the Bank of England is raising interest rates to fight inflation, you come in with that kind of right. growth uh, metrics mm-hmm. which there are times but this wasn't it in the economic cycle as a result you saw the pressure on gilts the pension funds that are heavy investors in 30 year gilts on with leverage in the UK is how they meet their pensioners needs mm-hmm. they basically got crushed on that the, the buy market sold off it crushed and the bank of england had to come in with a backstop yep. and start buying gilts yep that's the unintended consequences that can come. It happened over in UK, but it had the potential of having liquidity effects in global sovereign debt.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: So things we have to be careful about. And that's right.
1: just another portion of this volatility that we've been seeing lately. I mean, you have the Russia-Ukraine story that's been going on for quite a bit, more impacts with energy and OPEC on that side of things. But the the tax reversals in UK, we're seeing money flows across global markets as well and then our inflation print last thursday october 13th we saw the uh, the core rate increase larger than expected to 6.5 percent headline was decreasing but we really saw a huge what they called bear hug rally uh, intraday and crazy uh, buying activity where the s p reached a 50 percent retracement level from the highs Thirty-five oh five on price, and that just triggered huge algorithmic buying and quantitative programs that we're seeing more and more on the market on these data points and these other metrics.
2: And I, you know, I get to use these podcasts for my pet peeves, and, mm-hmm. and one of those is the removal of the uptick rule, the plus tick rule that oh, happened, yeah, uh, in two thousand seven. So what that means is if I wanted to sell short a stock, a stock I did not own, I wanted to sell it to try to profit on it going down, is I needed the prior sell to be higher, a plus tick than the sell preceding that. That was removed by the SEC. Big lobbying happened in 2007 to occur. Since then, we've had well over 20 documented incidents of an up 1% day followed by a down 1% day or vice versa. Extreme volatility. Mm-hmm. You're hearing other portfolio managers talk in the marketplace about it, but it's the volatility that's coming from algorithmic trading, program trading. So we're in a market where investors are basically sitting on the sidelines. There's confusion. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we saw in the UK, what Jason's been talking about. And when I'm confused, I, I don't sit on anything. my hands. I right. yeah,
0: don't do anything. If but I have the computer a, trading... A, doesn't matter.
2: Bingo. Computers are
0: trading it anyway.
2: Whether the market's liquid or not. Exactly. It, and so you tend to get increased volatility as a result of automatic trading. We're well aware of that. We, we can see when it's going on. We, is When we're investing in our portfolios, Jason's really good about knowing when to step back or when to take advantage of that. Uh, so we, we, we do use that. But be aware of a lot of what you're seeing with this enhanced volatility is from algorithmic trading.
1: Yeah. And with volatility comes opportunity. Sure. And we're starting to see that in the market, especially ahead of this earnings season. Plenty of pockets of value within uh, large indices. But looking at S&P in general, still pretty rich in areas of it. So we're, we're looking – within certain sectors of the market but another thing to point out in back in June analyst expectations for earnings per share year-over-year growth was ten percent and now that's all the way down to two percent year-over-year growth
2: so the analysts are really taking a hard pull and driving down earnings expectations
1: they hadn't been but they have caught up is what you're seeing exactly so hopefully you know this is a lower bar to uh, to meet and uh, this this earnings period should be a little bit better mm-hmm. than anticipated. Yeah, but so,
0: so that's a great point. Why don't you talk a little bit about, for our listeners, about what it means um, to the markets, to, to what you're seeing when you get someone that beats the earnings estimate. So if you bring that estimate down now, right, yeah. it's a whole lot easier Caesar to beat. P, easier right. to beat. What does that do?
2: The market's savvy enough to kind of pick up on a little bit of manufactured beats. Mm-hmm. We, we understand that. And But the other side of that is you can use a quarter like we're in, which is really uh, expectations for a negative quarter. Yep. I call that the kitchen sink quarter. So there are companies that you can clean out finances, bad paper over things. This is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do it when everybody else is doing great. Right. You know. So this you could start to see little things like that, reorgs in businesses, different things that go on in this time frame and, and taking some earnings hit under the guise of a bad economy. Uh, But one of the things that's happened because of the Fed's strong hand at raising rates is it strengthened the dollar. The U.S. dollar goes hand Mm -hmm. in hand with interest rates. So across the board globally, a strong dollar is causing problems. Uh, We're seeing it in commodities, different prices that are purchased only in u.s dollars the area that we're looking at and this has happened before is when you have such a strong dollar the companies that have a large multinational business which tend to be large technology companies in the mm-hmm. u.s they get impacted on that currency conversion back to dollars because mm, they're sure. sold in right. which go down yep. in value that's an issue that we're really, really keeping an eye on. It's probably our, my biggest risk as I'm looking at is the, is the strong dollar with this international c- currency conversion for these big, big cap tech stocks, which is your S&P 500. It has me as a PM starting to focus more on stocks because evaluations that are attractive after this bear market is uh, – small and medium sized businesses here in the u.s we're seeing a lot of attractive valuation in small caps they've just gotten their teeth kicked in like Mm -hmm. that to levels where as a value person you're starting to say hey there's there's an interesting opportunity and we're starting also to move that into the mid-cap space we're and that's something we we write in this newsletter to caution what may have worked well for the last decade in an era of very cheap low interest rates and being the fed having your back won't work in the future. Mm-hmm. And so we are looking more towards domestic oriented companies that I just mentioned, and also companies that pay us large dividends and interest payout. Yeah. I want what we call carry. I want that income to carry me through this market. Right. That's been a big focus of ours and how we're, we're structuring right now. Not so much S&P 500, which is almost blasphemous if you've been in the market the last decade, because that's where it's all been at, right? right? I'm here to tell you that playbook's changing because of higher interest rates by the fed right
0: well we can even talk about i think we touched on this this last week about the composition of the s&p 500 and who the leaders are the leaders being uh, that leadership's changed a little bit just in Mm -hmm. the last couple of years can you guys touch on
1: that a little bit
2: yeah, more defensive sectors. For sure. one, everybody goes to staples, utilities, healthcare. What else are you see? Exactly
1: there? the the staple names, like you're saying. Then obviously the big push for energy, the only gainer on the year. So there's plenty of potential for shakeup in you know the FANG stocks, the top names in the S and P composition. Again, to that strong dollar, if they have brought down that exposure as multinationals, but still it's. A large portion <laughs> of their, their difficult bottom line. to hedge out that risk. So too. if that plays out to be a larger risk, uh, and that materializes, then you know you could see more of a shakeup in the composition,
2: which which would affect your S and P 500 headline numbers because that's market cap weighted towards mm-hmm. those biggest tech companies. But other indexes, Russell 2000, you know more equal weight S and P 500. Those indexes ought to start performing on a relative better basis. Mm-hmm. If I look at the valuation of the market. And I take away those tech guys, those big five, the rest of the market's trading below a historical multiple of fifteen times. Uh, we're we're pretty cheap. Right. Right.
0: Well let's talk a little I I want to go back a little bit to inflation because I know we've we've said this in past podcasts about this is the inflation the inflationary pressures really had a lot to do with COVID and supply chain and things that we had never experienced before. And we're fighting, we're still fighting inflation the old fashioned way. It's a little bit different, but the inflation continues to remain very elevated, but you continue to see a lot of consumer pent up demand. You're still seeing a lot of spending. I I was just listening to an analyst this morning talk about people are still booking trips and doing, I mean, it, it's crazy. Restaurants are full of people. It's still, the spending is still happening. And and not sure consumers are still strong when that inflationary piece starts to really roll over.
2: It's a it's a very good point. And underneath this inflation story that you you know in the press headlines is your point a very strong economy, a strong consumer. Uh, the balance sheets of the consumer governments uh, and corporations are really really good shape right now. Mm-hmm. So debt is not an issue at the moment. Uh, it can be, uh, yeah. particularly with higher costs sure. of capital, but not right now because we're coming off uh, a decade of very low interest rates and everyone's had a chance to refinance their balance sheets, be it individuals or corporations, including the governments. Yeah. So we're in good shape. I'm not worried about financial stability in that regard of, of debt, more so than policy mistakes by the Fed.
0: So we've been, you know, we're really in a cyclical bear market. It's a bear market that's being caused because of the Fed's rate hiking cycle. And I, again, I keep referencing our past podcasts, but I know the question that I get all the time is, are we there yet? When is it done? Where is the bottom? What's the, you know what are the signs for the change when when are we going to be out of this are we headed for a recession not a recession you know everybody would love for for us An to answer. have a crystal ball right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. and we just I know we don't. i wish
2: i had that. i wish i had it every day uh, so you, you have to basically then go back to your old playbook right it's basic blocking and tackling which is valuations and that's where we are. Valuations have come down to much, much more reasonable levels. So I think in this piece, uh, the S&P as a whole is at 18 times earnings. Mm-hmm. We were 31
0: yeah. You know, a year ago.
2: Rich. So the, the valuation is a, is a big story um, that, that we have to correct. But I, I think to give an answer, we do try to take a stab at that. Are we there yet in this piece? And it's a basically looking at if i take earnings to flat i don't we don't grow s&p earnings next year flat year over year and i use that figure 208 bucks something like that and then i uh, tie a historical low multiple of 14 times that gives me that 3100 level s&p but i want to point out i think this is really key is markets are discount the future we're always 6 months ahead of ourselves so even though the Fed may still be in the last few phases of hikes, uh, mm-hmm. meetings of hikes, doesn't mean the market won't rally before that. It, yeah. in, in all likelihood, will. exactly Once it sees that end and game. And that's,
1: that's what we were seeing a couple months ago where the market was trying to price in pivots and it just wasn't there. And then that's where we had those bear market rallies. And yes.
2: That's every one of those bear market rallies yeah. is on the belief that we're, we're near that pivot and away we go. We know the Fed's not going to pivot to bail us out. They're more focused on inflation.
0: Yeah.
2: If they do pivot to bail us out, it means there's some considerable issues. Uh, there's something issues. else. There's yeah. some more pain yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Something, something that they know that we don't have a consequence that's manifested <laughs> yeah. itself. Right. Yeah,
0: right, right. Well, I mean, I like I said, so much to digest, so much going on. Where are we, by the way, uh, in earnings periods? Jason, can you kind of give us an update, timing wise, what, yeah, what's going I mean, on in the market?
1: J.P. Morgan kicked things off officially uh, mm-hmm. last Friday, so really, this week, next week, when things really start going for Q3, and like we were talking about before, expectations were brought down a little bit. Yeah. Well, more than a little bit, but. Uh, see how it shakes out so uh, far so good
2: bank of america released this morning and one of the things that was great is they're really a snapshot of the u.s consumer and, and corporate as well they're the banker of the mm-hmm. united states they're not seeing any problems with the consumer Yep. so mm-hmm. they feel pretty good and so that's a message that i think is being well received in the market today yeah I want to hear next. What does Microsoft have to say? What does Apple have to say? What's the health of the consumer uh, that we hear from these? Some of those companies? other
1: discretionary names as well to see Amazon. Yeah, how how they're hit with consumer demand or not hit. All right.
2: So we're data dependency is uh, is probably the word de jour of, mm-hmm. of this year. And it's true. Uh, We're all watching the same data points. Uh, The Fed's watching for some clue that the other thing is, when will you know, that? when is it over? Are we there yet? Is when we start seeing signs that the Fed is calming down on the rate of uh, Fed fund increases. Instead of 75, 75, they start going to 50. They start going to 20. They're starting to see that exit ramp. Right. Bam, market goes. Right.
0: Well, uh, before we close this one out, do you guys have anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, I
2: I think that uh, the main thing that I I see, I've been harping on this thread for a while now about the Fed being too supportive of the economy. In essence, we've had the Fed is the 800-pound gorilla since 2008, great financial crisis. Yeah. We needed a catalyst for the Fed to be able to get away from supporting the market and let the markets function on their own. I didn't know it was going to be inflation. We hadn't seen it in 40 years, but inflation has has caused the Fed to go through this aggressive rate hike. And what that's done is that's made bonds attractive. Uh, That's the main message I'd like to leave in this podcast is we are taking advantage of fixed income at rates that we've not seen in 12 years or longer. Mm -hmm. And we're getting in something called the real rate, which is our earnings after inflation. Uh, what do we early, really earn in our pocket? How we grow our wealth is that real yield. We're picking up real yield at, at 1.6 on the 10-year. I just haven't seen that in a, in a dozen years, and I'm really, really excited. So our opportunity that's come out of this is we've overweighted fixed income by 5%, and now that I can get 45 5 6% out of the bond market... Yeah. I can de-risk in essence the equity side the more volatility particular for our clients that are looking more towards retirement and they want a little bit smoother ride. Mm-hmm. That's the end result of this whole horrible year
1: mm-hmm. is
2: that I've got a bond market that's normalized and as an investor I can de-risk my portfolios with fixed uh, income. That's an awesome
0: yep. way to close this out. I mean that that's the that is the silver lining in all of this, you know? And I think going forward it's going to be it's a great outlook for the yeah. future. Well, we want to thank our followers for listening to RHP Market Talk. If you have questions or would like to discuss today's topics, please feel free to contact us through our website at royalharborpartners.com. At RHP, we're passionate about planning for your financial future. We're devoted to our relationships with our families for the creation of successful legacies. Through our one-on-one conversations, we can help you navigate your personal wealth management and investment journey. How different will your life look with the right advice? Royal Harbor Partners is a registered investment advisor, and the opinions expressed by Royal Harbor Partners on this show are their own. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.